welcome to the Stormracked Library, an actual play audio journal. My name is Paul, and I guess I will be your Stormracked Librarian. Uh, to get us started today, I will tell you a little bit about myself and what we're doing here. I am a, a reader, writer, gamer, and game player um, who will be uh, creating this audio journal for you. Um, by playing various games, uh, today I'm going to play The Skeletons by Jason Morningstar, uh, which uh, you can actually purchase at bullypulpitgames.com. Part of the reason that I am doing this is that I recently uh, had a newborn child, uh, and I'm creating uh, this audio journal as something that she can uh, listen to uh, sometime in the future. Um, and hopefully it'll give me a chance to uh, to play more games and have a little bit of fun with the media. You can uh, learn more about what I do at stormrackedlibrary.net, um, including uh, support uh, the audio journaling effort. Um, otherwise, we're going to launch right into our game of the skeletons. All right, I'll start by reading from the rules. Uh, the Skeletons is a meditative, structured, freeform game. It flips the script on the classic dungeon crawl. Here you play not the intruders, but the guardians, cursed to spend all of eternity defending a tomb. You can play this game with one to six players. Obviously, I'm only one player, um, but I'll be playing as two skeletons today. Um, we start by choosing our two skeletons. Um, and we don't know anything about these skeletons when we get started. Um, so skeleton number one is named Arrow Shield. Uh, a round shield peppered with arrows protects your bones. You carry a bearded axe. Sketch in the details on the illustration. Um, I'm going to say that the, um, the round shield is actually lodged uh, in the ribs of this skeleton um, with the arrows sticking out. Uh, some sticking directly out of the shield and some that have gone all the way through the ribs. Um, and the bearded axe, uh, I'll put uh, that in one of the skeleton's hands. Um, a bearded axe, if you don't know, um, is one of the axes that has the sort of long blade um, coming in so you can hold right up beside the handle. Uh, so I'll go ahead and sketch a quick handle uh, and uh, an axe here with the long, uh, sharp beard on it, uh, and maybe a little back, uh, back blade as well. Uh, so there's my bearded axe uh, and my shield. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is sort of a, a plain shield, um, so not much uh, going on. And my second skeleton uh, is called Silver Torque. Uh, a beautiful silver torque decorates your collarbones, and you carry a blunt silver sword. Um, so uh, a torque is sort of a, an ornate thick necklace. Um, this one's made of silver. Uh, I'll sort of sketch that in around uh, the neck here. I think again, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna draw something pretty plain, just a a sort of boring uh, uh, torque on here. Uh, maybe a little bit of skew uh, since the skeleton doesn't really have a a neck here, um, and a, a blunt silver sword. Um, I'm going to say that that maybe is um, is a little bit fancier. Um, I'm thinking sort of about uh, like uh, what if <laughs> what if Aragorn's sword had been uh, you know trapped in a tomb for a thousand years, uh, something like that. Uh, so I'll sketch that in here. 
but uh, obviously very uh, very blunt and and old here. Um, there we go. All right. Uh, so now that I have my two skeletons, uh, the next task is to draw a map. Uh, work together to sketch the outlines of the tomb. Uh, it can be any general shape or size. It needs to be built around a central sarcophagus and have north, south, east, and west walls. Um, so I have my piece of paper here for uh, sketching the tomb. Um, uh, oh, and I have a couple of questions from my skeletons to help guide me in creating this tomb. Uh, Arrow Shield's question is, what amazing treasure lies well hidden in the tomb and where and how? Note your answer on the map. Uh, and Silver Torque's question is, what beautiful artifact is enshrined in the alcove off the northern wall? I am imagining that uh, this is the tomb of a, a dwarven alchemist or scholar or something along those lines. Um, so I'm going to draw it uh, as somewhat of a uh, rectangular tomb, uh, maybe the former study or library of this uh, of this alchemist. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put two um, large uh, crypts uh, or um, uh, coffins, uh, and I'm going to say that the two skeletons that I have are uh, each lying with their back against one of the uh, one of the coffins, um, so that they're facing each other, maybe 10 or 15 feet apart. Um, the rest of this uh, of this study, uh, I think, along the um, the eastern wall, I'm going to put a bunch of alcoves, uh, stone alcoves, where there are lots of books and other um, items of lore. Uh, the western wall has a large uh, wooden door um, that is maybe slightly ajar. Uh, the whole chamber is made of stone; it's deep underground. Uh, that would be where this uh, where this dwarven alchemist would live. Um, the southern uh, face of the tomb, I think, has a small servant's entrance that leads to some spiral stairs. Um, and taking the cues from my skeletons, um, the uh, northern wall has a large alcove uh, that has a um, an artifact of religious significance in it. Um, I'm going to say that it's the dwarvish equivalent of stained glass, uh, which I'm going to call silvered glass, uh, which is... Um, uh, some glass has been uh, sort of um, uh, combined with precious metals of different colors so that when the light shines through it, um, it creates this wonderful sort of glittering, shimmering effect. Um, although there is no light in here, so that, um, that brilliance hasn't been seen in many, many years. Um, and then taking the, uh, the cue from the other skeleton, I think uh, underneath that alcove where the silvered glass... Um, uh, portrait is uh, there's a secret crawl space um, and if you go through that crawl space for a few feet you come to the alchemist's uh, closet uh, where uh, he kept um, files of strange uh, substances and uh, stoppered uh, um, glassware that contains various uh, old treasures although I think at the point they are uh, some of them may, might be smashed, some of them are half full. Um, they're, they're no longer at the peak of what they were in the alchemist's heyday. Um, and on a small uh, round stone table uh, off to the side of the, uh, 
of the crawl space that comes into this, uh, this closet space uh, sits a small uh, stone uh, that is uh, the, uh, the treasure that is hiding in this tomb. All right, so we're now ready to play the game here. Um, the way that the game works is uh, there are going to be a sequence of intruders uh, who are going to uh, come in and try to uh, disturb the tomb in one way or another. Um, and the skeletons have been cursed by some uh, some old magic to uh, rise up and defend the tomb. Um, the skeletons can uh, talk to each other telepathically, uh, make plans, um, and try um, whatever they want to to uh, fight off the intruders. Um, and for the most part, they're going to win. They're going to drive off um, most of the attempts to uh, to break into this tomb and uh, violate its contents. Um, although eventually, uh, something strong enough will break in and uh, defeat the skeletons. I have a whole bunch of story prompts that I can choose from here. Um, uh, I'm also going to be able to interpret these pretty liberally if I want to, um, or metaphorically as I go. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start uh, with uh, an amateur tomb robber breaks into the unsealed tomb. Um, describe this person. Uh, I think uh, the tomb robber, I'm going to say, is a total vagabond. Um, I'm going to say that it is a, um, an elf. Um, so this this uh, you know tomb belonged to um, a dwarf of some renown, uh, maybe many uh, many years ago at this point, um, and sort of a a roguish elf uh, has found their way and uh, and breaks in and and they are totally ragged. Uh, this uh, this elf is um, is not your classic Legolas. They have um, uh, short-ish hair, um, but that is uh, very dirty and bedraggled. Uh, their clothes are in tatters. It's been raining outside. I don't know how long it's been since they were outside, but their clothes are still wet uh, and and muddy uh, from the bad weather outside. And they have somehow broken their way into this tomb, um, probably not knowing exactly what they are in for. I think they, they just stumbled here accidentally. Um, and uh, they, they maybe are appearing somewhat confident, sort of strolling in, talking to themselves. Um, and uh, they uh, they come in and encounter the skeletons, um, and the first thing that happens is the uh, a spell that animates the skeletons um, breaks into the skeletons' minds with the command "Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians." Um, and I think what happens is this uh, this elf comes in through the main door. Um, they just sort of slowly uh, creak the uh, door open. Um, and the skeletons um, rise up um, immediately. Uh, they have never um, been animated before. This is the first time they've been called on to defend the tomb. Um, and this elf comes in uh, shocked and um, uh, uh, totally surprised. Um, it's very dark still in here, and these two skeletons rise up with a creak and a rattle of bones um, and fall upon the elf uh, immediately, just... Um, just totally um, destroying this elf um, and knocking him back into the um, the outer chamber, um, which I'm going to picture as sort of a long hallway um, that goes um, at a slope. Maybe I'm picturing this tomb as being deep underground. Um, so I think the, the hallway slopes away from the tomb upwards 
uh, towards the surface. Um, and together they, they um, you know, axe and sword bite into this, uh, this elf raider. Um, and, and then the skeletons sort of just pick him up and throw him uh, out of the tomb proper um, and 10 or 15 feet up uh, against the ground uh, at the top of the tomb. Um, now the skeletons are only uh, animated uh, for the time when there is an intruder. Um, so they have only this short period of awareness here um, where they are going to remember themselves uh, as they move uh, and uh, attack this elf. I mean, I have a series of questions that I'm going to answer here. So because the skeletons uh, both work together to defeat the intruder, um, Prompt says that they both get two questions from their list. Um, I have one for each of them. Um, I think uh, Arrow Shield, uh, who is against the Southern uh, Coffin, uh, stands up first here. Um, they are the one with the uh, shield uh, lodged in their, um, in their rib cage, uh, and they're carrying still uh, the bearded axe that they used so well in life. Um, and I think uh, because of that uh, bearded axe, uh, and of course the great uh, long beard that they wore in life, uh, they were known uh, in battle as the long beard. Um, we're a great warrior. Um, and one of the reasons um, uh, that, that that name comes back to them is that they stand up very quickly, see the intruder, and just raise this axe and lower it into them. Um, I think the other skeleton against the northern casket, um, Silver Torque, um, stands up a little bit more slowly and has a more sort of melancholy uh, feel uh, to them um, because uh, the first thing that they remember is their love for the alchemist son, um, which they um, carry along with them now, um, sort of grief-stricken into their uh, period of undeadness. Um, but of course, the magic that has cursed this place requires them to, to plow forward as well and to plunge that sword um, into the elf and throw uh, the intruder back into the hall. Um, so that's one question for each. Um, the other question uh, that I want to answer here is uh, for Arrow Shield, uh, what memento of your life is still somehow rattling around uh, within you uh, or with you? I'm going to say within you, um, even though it's not quite what the prompt says. Um, and I think in addition to the shield, um, they uh, they have within them the first, um, the first payment that they ever received. And I don't know exactly what that was for, whether it was craftsman or mercenary, um, but they received a, um, a solid gold uh, nugget uh, from, from their first employer. Um, and they, uh, they originally carried it on a chain uh, around their neck, but uh, that has since, uh, since they have uh, uh, passed away and are now only bones, uh, it has fallen and is now rattling around inside their ribcage caught on some of the arrow shafts that are in there. Um, and I think actually, I, this is the one who is the long beard as well. Um, and I think he still has the beard, even though it should have paid long ago. Um, that beard has been preserved by some of the magic and it's, uh, is still uh, attached to his, uh, to his chin. Um, for, uh, for Silver Torque, um, the other question that I want to answer here is, um, uh, I think just what was your name? Um, I think... Um, uh, her name was uh, Kaz, uh, K-H-A-C. Um, that sticks in her mind, along with the name of the alchemist's son, um, which was um, uh, Alpha. 
Um, and in fact, um, Kaz um, has uh, her name along with all Thaw's name uh, tattooed on her original body by magical means. And that magic has carried through um, to her skeletal form. And so she has in beautiful dwarven runes um, the name of her and her lover, the alchemist's son, uh, etched on uh, on her bones. All right, so now that the first uh, the first intruder has been defeated, uh, we uh, get to choose once on either the Glory Fades or God's Laugh table. Um, I have chosen uh, from the Glory Fades, a skeleton loses some bones permanently. What body part is missing? Um, I think um, Kaz, the uh, Silver Torque uh, Dwarf, uh, in uh, charging the, uh, the elf intruder, um, lost... Uh, her three fingers, her three smallest fingers, or finger bones, rather, uh, in the violence of the attack, um, and they are scattered uh, in the um, in the uh, entrance way to the tomb, um, and are no longer on her uh, her her right hand. Time passes between encounters. I get to choose how much. Um, I'm going to choose a month. Um, the game would normally have me sit in silence for 20 seconds. Uh, which uh, probably won't make for the best listening. Uh, So what I'll do is uh, have a short pause. And then we will begin the next uh, intrusion, uh, which uh, is a wounded soldier um, from the Echoes of War variant uh, of the skeletons. Um, Describe the insignia they bear. uh, Which part of their body are they protecting? Who among you delivers the killing blow? Um... I think uh, the wounded soldier is going to be uh, a dwarf. Um, This is a a dwarvish realm, um, and I think the tomb is probably uh, interconnected with um, uh, with some other component of uh, the the realm here. Um, And so I think the dwarves are in a war of some kind. Um, I'm not going to to spend too much time thinking about what that is, but I think this dwarf, uh, this wounded soldier, comes in uh, limping. Um, they have a huge uh, gash all along their uh, their right leg. Um, it is uh, heavily bleeding. Um, it is already um, dark and blackened. It's clear that this wound is either poisoned or um, dangerous. It is it is definitely going to um, to be the end of them. Um, and I think they uh, stumble their way uh, towards the tomb, um, probably past the body of this. Uh, elf uh, who died only a month ago, but is already um, beginning to uh, decay, maybe on an accelerated uh, time scale because of the the necromantic magic of the tomb. Um, and again, the skeletons here in their heads arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians, uh, as this wounded soldier makes their way in. Um, and since this is only the second time these skeletons have been called to action, um, and their first opportunity at uh, being uh, awake and aware and alive again um, was so brief. I think they play this one a little bit more slowly because they can see that this uh, this dwarven warrior is still armed. Even if they are injured, uh, they have a, a heavy two-handed battle axe. Uh, they have uh, strong armor. Um, they have a, a large uh, kite shield. Um, they are they are armed and ready for bear, um, and so the skeletons uh, stay put uh, and uh, wait uh, for the uh, for the warrior to 
to make their way within. Um, and as they wait, um, they um, have memories come back to them and they also have um, discussion with each other. I think that uh, that the, the arrow shield uh, skeleton leads the way here um, by remembering his name, uh, which was uh, Gorin. Um, and he remembers that in the context of the fact that uh, he, he was a soldier as well. Um, he was a... Um, a mercenary, uh, Gorin the long beard, um, that, that payment, that gold nugget that he still wears, um, not around his neck, but, but within his body, uh, was for, uh, for being a soldier, for being a mercenary in, in a great dwarvish war of old. Um, and so he, uh, he sees a lot of, uh, himself in this invader, um, and maybe does not even want to, uh, to have to drive him away. Um, but knows that he has no choice because the magic that compels his bones requires him to fight off any possible intrusion to the tomb um, and, and expresses this to Kaz, who is sitting uh, sitting across the way. Um, I think maybe no longer quite as uh, melancholy as she was uh, a month ago when they drove away um, the elf. Um, but I think... Um, what uh, what they remember um, is the connection that they have to uh, the dwarf uh, that has just intruded here. I think the soldier has a crest on their helmet um, that is a um, uh, sort of a, a pointed uh, crest symbol, um, and they recognize it immediately as the symbol of their clan, um, which makes them sad in different ways than they were before um, because... Um, this sign used to be a great uh, mark of craftsmen that was put on um, machines and bridges and dams and uh, important constructions that would help uh, society and the and the dwarvish people thrive. And now uh, she sees that symbol, that rune etched uh, in armor in a in a helm on on the side of an axe. Um, and, and she knows that enough about the realm she knew has changed that um, that it's no longer as as peaceful and maybe as prosperous as it once was. Um, and, and that definitely makes her sad in, in different ways than her own demise does. Um, and, and the two skeletons, um, they feel they feel real remorse for um, what they're forced to do. Um, and I think they try, they make every effort to drive away this wounded soldier um, without killing them. Um, they, uh, you know, uh, rattle their bones a little bit when the soldier isn't looking. Um, and they try to make haunted uh, noises and scare this, uh, this warrior away. Um, but unfortunately, the warrior is too injured. Um, they're just... Um, they're barely able to move. They, they sag down to the ground uh, inside the tomb um, just below uh, the um, silvered glass uh, religious portrait, um, which, which probably means something very strong to them since it comes from the same culture. Um, and eventually when, when, they're, uh, when they're rattling and their haunting is not able to drive away, the two skeletons rise um, and bring their weapons to bear on the dwarf, uh, who, who ably sort of fights them off, um, especially because the skeletons are not working to kill. They're working to drive away uh, this intruder. Um, but um, this intruder just, they can't go. They can barely stand. And so they fight uh, to, to the death. 
um, in particular, they're they're um, you know they're they're facing off against two terrifying animated skeletons and um, know nothing other than I'm going to to fight for my life and try to disable these two things. Um, but eventually, um, the warrior is not able to to defend themselves anymore, and uh, uh, I think it is actually. Um, Ka, Silver Torque, who brings them down, uh, maybe after a, a substantial axe fight between Gorin and the intruder, um, he's just too tired and can't guard his flank anymore, and Kaz manages to uh, drive her sword uh, into the intruder's side, um, and he falls to the ground underneath the, um, underneath the silvered glass, um, in fact, right on top of the crawl space. Uh, that uh, leads to the hidden treasure, um, and there he lays um, for um, a decade. Uh, a, a decade passes after this, um, and uh, the the elf that is outside the tomb, you know, rots. Um, but this dwarf that is inside, um, it it uh, the the magic is so strong here um, that uh, they turn into a skeleton in a matter of. Um, of days um, but the magic is not strong enough to animate that skeleton um, and so our two guardians Gorin and Kaz return to their posts on either side of the of the two caskets um, and there they wait for a decade uh, for the next intrusion into the tomb Arise, skeletal guardians, and protect the tomb. Two young lovers, their carefree laughter echoing across the tomb, break into the um, break into the dwarven fastness, lured by the draw of time. They creep down the spiral stairs and through the small servant's entrance. Uh, breaking into the tomb, uh, looking for baubles to give each other. Um, they are indeed uh, laughing the whole time, careless, even as they spot uh, the two skeletons, enchanted but still. Um, and as they spot the additional skeleton of the dwarven warrior, um, also still but not enchanted, um, and try to relieve uh, it of armor and a uh, pouch of gold. Um, at that time, our two uh, enchanted skeletons uh, look around and uh, see them, and I think have uh, very different reactions, um, especially after not just the many years of guarding the tomb before, but of the 10 years, um, the decade or more that has passed since they were last broken into. Um, and they see now these two intruders um, with a very different tone than what they last saw. Instead of war, uh, what they are seeing is, um, is something... Uh, softer. Maybe the world is better up there, and yet they are still uh, enslaved to this tomb, potentially for all time. Um, and I, th I think they have reverse um, reactions to this. Uh, Silver Torque, uh, who was marked 
uh, by her love for the alchemist's son, um, has a very negative reaction, is very jealous that uh, these lovers are still alive and able to um, make their way freely through the tomb. Um, and I think uh, her uh, memory that uh, returns uh, is uh, the, the one of the end of uh, her love uh, for the alchemist's son, uh, which I think uh, was, was maybe not uh, hyper-tragic, but simply a case of um, being in love and then not being in love anymore, um, or possibly um, uh, not, not quite uh, being as in love as they were before. Um, and then time passed for them, uh, and eventually... Um, just because of the way these things work, uh, Kaz was uh, brought to the attention of the alchemist and uh, in death serves as uh, their guardian. And I, I think, in fact, the thing that she remembers is that the uh, casket that she guards is Alpha's, uh, is the alchemist's son, uh, where, um, where Gorin, the arrow shield, uh, guards the alchemist himself. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the memory that comes back to uh, to Kaz. Um, but uh, Aeroshield Gorin um, instead uh, thinks about uh, his own his own uh, time of love, which which was very different. Um, I don't want to uh, to delve too much into what the uh, the culture of this particular group of dwarves was, um, but I don't think it was stayed. Um, I think that they they were as loving as uh, as any other group of people often is, um, and uh, I think he probably then had a, a forbidden love, um, loved somebody who was either on the other side of a war that he fought or a battle that he fought, um, or just was somebody that society told him that he wasn't able to love, um, and he sees that. Um, image reflected in the two lovers who have broken into the tomb, um, and and this uh, this attitude that each of them have make them move uh, slowly to uh, to uh, oppose these two lovers, um, and uh, that means that um, by the time the two skeletons have arisen, uh, the two lovers have broken in. Uh, to the crawl space underneath uh, the silvered glass. Um, they're carrying uh, lanterns so they can see, and for the first time in a decade or more, decades really, um, the uh, silvered glass is illuminated and shines beautifully. Um, and I think the skeletons are able to see this, and this is another thing that slows them down, just seeing this artifact of the time when they were alive um, causes them to pause uh, and it is a while before they uh, they shamble their way to the crawl space uh, at the same time as the two lovers are emerging, having stolen the um, magical, powerful rock that was uh, entombed in the closet. Um, and uh, they, I think for the first time here, um, they scare the lovers. Um, and um, I think they probably do some damage. Uh, they uh, slash with sword and axe um, and uh, injure both of them. 
uh, and the lovers shriek and flee uh, through the uh, through the spiral stairs that they came down into originally. Um, and the skeletons uh, chase them a little bit, um, but the magic compels them to remain within the tomb um, once they are sure that the lovers will not be returning. Um, and so they return to their post. Um, and actually, I'm going to go ahead and uh, flip a coin to decide whether the lovers make off with that um, mystical rock or uh, if, in fact, they um, they drop it before they uh, leave. All right. It looks like the uh, the lovers just managed to uh, make it to the stairs with the rock uh, when uh, one of them trips over the bottom stair uh, and the rock goes flying. Uh, and then the lovers scramble forward, uh, no longer interested in treasure, uh, and one of their feet uh, slaps the rock and knocks it back down the stairs and into the tomb where it settles against no. It bounces and uh, lies on top of the southern casket. A few years pass. Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. This time the intruder is a pair of professional tomb robbers. They are also dwarves, um, but they have a very different look and feel from any of the ones that we have seen before. Um, these are dressed up um, as as tomb robbers. I, I picture uh, sort of an Indiana Jones style of clothing, heavy leather uh, jackets and vests, um, hats, whips, uh, uh, alchemical bombs of some kind. Um, they come in down the um, down the long passage that leads to the eastern wall. I'm talking uh, quietly to each other. These are savvy tomb robbers. They know what they're doing. They're searching for tricks and traps. Uh, they come upon uh, the bones of the body of the elf uh, who was uh, killed many, many years ago at this point, um, and they inspect it closely for traps and then for treasures. Um, and they move on uh, to the uh, to the main door, and they push in, and they see the additional skeletons uh, lying in different places. Um, and by now, the two skeletons are uh, growing confident in their strategy, which is to lie motionless and wait for an opportunity to strike. Um, and so they try this, um, and it almost fails them as the Tomb Raiders position their alchemical charges uh, near them and um, nearly set them off um, just as the skeletons arise and begin to battle them. Uh, so during the battle, these charges uh, erupt, um, but not as the... Um, not as the tomb robbers intended, but rather haphazardly and chaotically. Um, they're kicked and thrown about into the long chamber where they go off and bring down a huge chunk of stone 
uh, entrapping the tomb robbers in um, leaving them only one exit um, and leaving them mostly in the dark uh, so they must fend off the skeletons uh, through, uh, through dark combat as they try to survive. Um, and they, they, are, they hold their own. They wield, um, in addition to alchemy, they wield um, some magical spells uh, that are able to um, counteract and mitigate some of the skeleton power. Um, but they're just not physically able uh, to fight off animated bones, um, even as they chop away at many of the bones that the skeletons have. As a result of all of this, even though the uh, the two tomb raiders are killed, there is quite a bit of damage done to the skeletons, both in terms of substance and in terms of memory. Um, Kaz, who this whole time has worn a fancy cloak uh, colored in a deep blue um, has now been that cloak has now been ripped to shreds and torn off of her body uh, and thrown across uh, the very uh, casket that she guards um, uh, seeing that uh, causes her to uh, to wail in despair even as the animating magic of the tomb uh, fades and she loses awareness of what is going on. Um, and for uh, for Gorin, our arrow shield, um, I think uh, one of his legs is just pulverized. The entire uh, femur bone and everything below it uh, destroyed and consumed by the alchemical charges of the uh, of the invaders. Um, and that that is no longer now. Now he must hop around on one leg to defend the tomb, uh, which the magic of the tomb is just barely able to allow him to do. Um, and again, the uh, the main entrance is now entirely blocked by this huge uh, stone boulder crumble that has fallen across the tomb. Centuries pass. During those long years, the only thing that disturbs the tomb are rats and other vermin, small enough that the magic barely has to trigger, causing the skeletons to rise, stomp on the threat, and return to their repose. During one of those incidents, a locket of Gorin's um, is kicked free um, it was not part of the magic animating the skeletons, and so it was discarded originally when the skeletons were set to watch over the tomb, um, put in one of the alcoves. Um, and now it is dislodged by one of these rats and sits um, at the feet of the skeleton for centuries on end. Um, and it is only after many, many years that once again skeletons here arise and protect the tomb skeletal guardians this time however it is no small incursion into the tomb it is a necromancer and a handful of mercenaries breaking in not just because they sense the magic of 
the uh, the alchemist treasures, but because they sense the remnants of the skeleton's magic as well, um, they break in, and the skeletons, again, having become lax over the centuries, wait in ambush only to find the necromancer looming over them, chanting a spell. And as they try to rise to strike him down, they rise too slowly, and the necromancer finishes his spell, uh, capturing their magic to his will. Um, but this is not the end of the skeleton's uh, tale, as the magic that was in them is still bound to the place. And as the necromancer tries to wield it, uh, together uh, they are struck into oblivion, uh, and uh, the necromancer falls uh, and joins the other skeletons, not in uh, not enthralled and ensorcelled to defense, um, but simply to lie in in wait, um, not in guard, um, but in wait. Uh, to stand forever uh, before the tomb, no longer magical, but simply staring into the distance, uh, waiting for the next uh, person to come try to disturb the tomb, this time with nothing to defend it. This has been The Skeletons by Jason Morningstar, which you can find at bullypulpitgames.com. As always, you can go to stormrackedlibrary.net to support me and my audio journaling. Uh, For now, farewell from the Stormracked Library. Come check us out again sometime.